Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Petersburg. Whether it's palm trees or plumerias, nothing says Florida paradise like tropical plants and trees. Unfortunately, nothing says paradise lost like seeing those beautiful blooms wither. WTBN welcomes you to Janae's Tropicals, the program that helps you get your green thumb back for good. You can find Janae's Tropicals online at tropicalfruit.com. And now your host for Janae's Tropicals, here's Janae. Good morning. Happy Saturday. What a beautiful day. I'm believing that there is a change in the weather. I'm claiming it and standing on it. Wow, I'm ready. I'm ready to uh, get through the heat of the summer, and I'm looking forward to um, mid-October. When it cools off a little bit, come on, hurry up. You're listening to Janae with Janae's Tropicals. I'm located at... 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. I'm really easy to find um, right on the way to the Gulf Beaches. So make us a destination. You can find me at tropicalfruit.com or Facebook me at Janae's Tropicals. And uh, I need to load a few more pictures. I've been slacking a little bit. um, But uh, we do have a lot of really fun pictures of fruits and um, um, lots of other fun things on the uh, Facebook page. And then we have a lot of good information at uh, tropicalfruit.com. But you know what? Come and see me. I would love to meet you. And make sure that um, you listen. Let me know that you listen to the radio show. So you are listening to Faith Talk 570 at 910. Love you guys. What a blessing to be associated with the um radio station. I really, really appreciate it. So this time of the year, so many fun things are coming into season. We're kind of right right in between like the, the end of the heat um, to we're coming right into fall. And I have to say, I am looking forward to it. It just has been very, very hot, but I'm, I'm sure you know that. So I am welcoming the fall. I'm very excited. Plus, all the color changes. We have so many fun things that um, will come into flower at this time of the year where it's a little too soon for geraniums. Um, Plus, I've been, you know, because of the heat, I've been kind of biding my time and holding off on getting geraniums, and it's still too hot for petunias. So, we're just a tiny bit early, but I assure you they are on the way. But I'm going to talk about um, the aeroid family. Um, it's such a great family. Do you know what an aeroid is? It's a huge, huge family, which includes elephant ears, alocasias, calocasias, anthuriums, taro. Um, there are just... Uh, so many different aeroids. Um, also, there's a fruit in there, too, the Monstera deliciosa, and that's um, that's in the aeroid family as well. 
So I love elephant ears, and I'm sure that most of you are familiar with them. The uh, giant elephant ear, um, which is actually um, a type of calicacia. You have, like I said, calicaceous, alicaceous, da-da-da-da-da, and they, they go on and on. And it, Oh, and caladiums. Caladiums fit within that family. So do uh, uh, pothos philodendrons, uh, nephthitis, which are the arrowhead philodendron. Um, it is, or spathophyllum, peace lily, is just a huge, huge family, one big happy family. And so, and, and lots of the names are used interchangeably. Um, also, the, um, the taro, which is an aeroid, believe it or not, is a main uh, food crop in um, other parts of the world, in the tropics. And quite often, I have people from South America and um, China, they'll come in asking for taro because you can uh, eat the, the root and it's, it's very tasty. You eat it as a vegetable and it's very, very delicious. And over the years, so many um, taros and calicaceas have been hybridized. So it is just absolutely amazing at all the different color patterns. I particularly love to use the um, calicaceas and alicaceas in uh, potted arrangements because of all the absolutely gorgeous uh, leaf patterns. They are very, very, very pretty. And um, when you're potting up your, your different arrangements, it's I, I like to mix them up. Um, I've, I enjoy like a, a tropical um, arrangement. Um, and I love using the, the different taros because of the different leaf patterns. Now, the, the calicate or alicaceous <laughs> tongue twisters, the alicaceas tend to grow more upright, and uh, there's a, a very large one called um, ape, which the leaf gets huge. It can reach four feet across, and then under the proper or right condi perfect conditions in other parts of the world, I mean, some of the, the aeroid um, leaves can reach, I would say, six feet across. It's just totally amazing. And actually, on my Facebook page, in one of the very early pictures, it's going back many, many pictures of Go, but it's still, it's still on the um, Facebook page. It shows, I think I made a comment. I took a picture of this um, philodendron. It's kind of like a salome, which is the large split leaf, but the, the plant looks very tropical and the, the leaves are massive. So first I took a picture of the leaf and then just made a little note uh, how large or how big do you think this leaf actually is. So in the next picture, it showed me standing next to the leaf and the leaf would, it almost is my height. It's its well over five feet. Um, it's, it's pushing like five and a half feet. It's just incredible. So that is a huge, huge tropical philodendron. And so they come in all leaf patterns, um, shape, sizes. Some had, have ruffled leaves. Some have flat leaves. Um, as I was saying, the alicaceas are more um, upright, and the ten leaves tend to be much larger. Um, but they all work beautifully in arrangements. And they work beautifully in the shade. So if you have a shade garden, I would definitely work um, any of the plants in this family into your landscape. So we have a, 
and alocasia with variegated leaves. Um, they have white blotches and different darker and light shades of green mixed in all in one leaf pattern. And I love to use the leaves with a lot of white in them in the shade because they show up well. And they just make such a beautiful uh, contrast plant. So we have the variegated alocasias. Um, and, um, oh gosh, just so many. I'm going to throw a, a few names at you uh, because they are beautiful. Uh, one of my favorites that I, I use a lot um, it's a, a smaller elephant ear type um, calacacia. Uh, generally, the calacacias have softer leaves and they tend to stay smaller. The leaves average, I would say, a, a foot to 12 inches um, long. Uh-oh, my phone's ringing. And where did everybody go? They're supposed to pick the phone up. All right, I have no idea. So you're going to have to ignore the phone because I can't pick it up right. Oh, here comes Michael. He's picking the phone up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the the calicaceas are are absolutely beautiful. One of my favorites, and if you come into the nursery to visit me, you'll see it. It's called mojito, and um, the leaf gets about a foot across, and it is um, speckled. It has um, a dark. Well, the leaf itself is dark green, but it has all different shades of blues in it. And it's absolutely beautiful. It looks like someone splashed paint all over it. Now, it's definitely not a caladium. The caladiums are bulbs. And during um, the winter or even pushing the winter, such as November, they start dying off into the ground. Um, but then they generally come back around March. So, but the uh, calicaceas and alocasias are up all through the year. So they are beautiful in arrangements or in the garden. I like uh, mixing the uh, calicaceas, such as the mojito, with, um, uh, let's say, a vine hanging over the pot, like the chartreuse uh, potato vine. Beautiful combination. And um, I like to put something uh, large and upright in the container, such as a, an orange canna lily. I love all the bold colors together. And I love uh, contrasting, contrasting colors and leaf patterns. But there's so much to choose from. And right now, I mean, we are just coming into a slew of color. There's so much out there. Um, so anyway, there's another one that's really pretty. It's called Jack's Giant. And uh, that particular calicacia has a, a very, very a uh, large leaf, I would say up to um, probably three to four feet. And and the leaves have a, a blue cast to them. And they're very, very pretty. There's calicacia, cali yeah, Ugh, tongue twister, calicacia, esculenta, uh, which is a huge family. And that one has the edible root. Uh, there's a Nancy's Revenge there. I could go on and on. There are just so many varieties. And um, they're very easy to grow. We we have one called Black Magic. The stems and the leaves are a, a dark, dark purple. Uh, they're absolutely beautiful. There's Bikini Teeny, which is a, a little dwarf one um, that's really pretty. Um, like I was saying, one of my favorites. I have so many favorites. I know you've heard that before. <laughs> uh, there, there's one in particular called um, Nancy's Revenge. It's just beautiful. It has a 
a pattern going down the mid vein and it's pure white and then the outsides of the leaves are dark green to uh, blackish blue and uh, gorgeous and then another one we use quite often illustrious uh, which is mainly blue the entire leaf is blue and um, they're absolutely gorgeous hawaiian punch uh, purple stems with a, a big green leaf um, just so many to choose from and overall, they're, they're very cold tolerant, so you don't have to worry about freezing. Um, one of the most popular is the common elephant ear, which um, grows to, I would say, five and a half, um, six feet under the proper conditions, and the leaf is huge. Uh, now, those are a bulb. We actually have them growing all over the easement. It's interesting because I had, at one point, um, the easement on the main road, Central Avenue. I had some very large plants in the ground, and we dug those because we were changing the easement. And they throw seed. And for probably the past three years, I always have baby elephant ears popping up everywhere. So they're very, very easy to grow. And we just dig them and pot them. And because people love them, we share with everybody. Um, and they winter over very, very well. Now, if you're transplanting those, you have to be careful. Um, if you're transplanting a, a large elephant ear um, and you break the root, which really there's no other way to do it, generally the, the leaves will kind of dehydrate and wither. But you'll still have a nice big... Um, uh, we'll call it a corm or, or a root, and just replant it. And within a few weeks, you'll have big, beautiful, gorgeous leaves um, popping up from the ground. So um, it's very, very difficult to kill those. So that my picks are the um, the uh, Calicacia illustris with the. Um, purplish blue leaves and also the mojito. Those are like two of my all-time favorites. Uh, very, very pretty. Again, mojito has a green leaf with blue blotches and you can even mix them up and, um, and uh, work in some yellow zinnias or just something, uh, a pretty contrast with them. Oranges, oranges, blues, and yellows are very, very pretty together. So, and now's the time to find them at Janae's Tropicals located at 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. I'm right before the Gulf Beaches, and so I'm very, very easy to find. And you can find me at tropicalfruit.com, or you can find me on my uh, Facebook page at Janae's Tropicals. And you're listening to Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Love you guys. I just want to mention, I'm so excited that... All the herbs are coming in. Oh, my goodness. Do we have the herbs? And they smell just heavenly. Um, they're awesome. And they look really, really great. I've just been waiting for the heat to pass a little before um, we've gotten them in. And um, they just came in beautifully. So right now you can find fresh marjoram, rosemary, uh, sage, we have some gorgeous basil, uh, thyme. Um, what else do we have? Uh, I don't know. Quite quite a few different herbs, and they're all nice and big and beefy, and they look just wonderful. Um, just want to add, um, not all. Oh, we also have tarragon and savory, but um, herbs uh, they can be a little touchy. 
when you're growing them, um, our herbs are have a lot of um, they're they're potted in a very well drained um, soil, which is um, very important for the herbs because if the soil's too heavy, you can easily overwater them. So we have a lot of um, vermiculite, a little perlite, and then um, peat. So it's a a well draining mixture, and they just seem to love it, and they they really thrive. And so as far as watering herbs, I would just water them um, probably three times a week and keep them in partial shade, and they should do very well. So uh, come see us. Boy, do we have the herbs. I just don't know what else to say. And they look fabulous. And uh, to me, that's like one sign that the temperature is changing, the seasons are changing, and I'm very, very excited about that because I'm looking forward to fall. So I just want to mention, okay, and I am in Pinellas County, and in Pinellas, Manatee, and Hillsboro, we have the um, Pinellas County um, uh, fertilizer ban. So I talked about it a few weeks ago, and I just want to uh, mention it again. I'm just go, going to go over uh, a few rules and regulations because it's it's very important that everyone is educated <laughs> of, about um, proper fertilizing practices. I know I am <laughs> about it. Um, so it's very it's very very important. So and. Um, and actually, as soon as we hit June first, um, we are checked. Uh, every analysis on the every bag of fertilizer we have is is checked to make sure that we're in compliance. So, and it's important that the homeowner is as well. So, I'm going to um, go through this. Hopefully, I won't be too confusing. <laughs> um, so, uh, that this is like the best management practices are are procedures that should be used to prevent um, pollutants such as fertilizer, pesticides, and other uh, landscape materials um, from entering our storm drains and then from polluting our waterways. So it's really important to keep the nutrient uh, pollution out of our waterways. Um, so, and I'll just explain the, the Pinellas County Ordinance ban bans the sale and use of any lawn or landscape fertilizer with nitrogen or phosphorus from June 1st to September 30th. And that's to protect our aquatic environment uh, during the rainy season. And yippee, we're almost to September 30th. So that's great. <laughs> so um, use Florida-friendly yard products that contain iron and other micronutrients to ensure healthy lawns. And, and this is important, and this really uh, works well because um, micronutrients such as iron and, and uh, manganese, magnesium, and I mean, they can really keep your plants healthy and keep a healthy lawn uh, during this time and throughout the year, really. Micronutrients are very important. Um, it's just like us taking our vitamins. Um, so... Uh, let's see what else. Uh, reclaimed water, that's another issue. That can be that can contain high amounts of nutrients. So therefore, the fertilizers may not be needed. Um, and you can find out a lot of people have questions about reclaimed water, especially if the vegetables and and uh, fruit trees, fruits are are safe to eat after using reclaimed water. but and there's a lot of um, 
information on um, the PinellasCounty.org slash fertilizer uh, website. Um, limit your application to no more than four pounds of nitrogen per 1,000 square feet per year. Is everybody writing this down? <laughs> um, big one, avoid using <clears throat> phosphorus. Um, but, you know, some plants do need them. Like in my, my uh, citrus fertilizer, it's uh, 468, 6% phosphorus because that helps with the uh, fruit production. Um, that's very important. So, but what I recommend, you know, we do have a lot of phosphates in our soil. It certainly does not hurt to uh, test your soil. It would it would benefit you to know what your soil is lacking or what you have ample amounts of. So if so, in general, avoid using phosphorus. Generally, our soils are loaded with it, unless your t uh, soil test says it's needed. Um, protect our watershed. This is important. Keep fertilizer at least 10 feet away from any seawall or body of water. This is really important. I'm, we're like five minutes from Treasure Island, the Gulf beaches. And, um, and so when uh, we have a lot of homeowners, a lot of hotels, condos, condominiums, um, so it's very important to um, follow these uh, uh, tips. So and and um, so when you feed, keep the fertilizer at least 10 feet away from the seawall or any body of water. Um, any run over like or like it's sweep it up. Whisk any fertilizer granules that fall on the sidewalk, streets, driveways, back into the landscape and let your plants gobble it up. Um, this is you know watch the weather. Rainstorms don't necessarily wash the water or the fertilizer in, they may wash it away, and then you've wasted your fertilizing. So after you feed, just water it in well. Um, and then also when you when you hire um, landscaping or fertilizer companies, it's good to ask for credentials and find out what they're using, how often they're used, because you want to make sure they're applying the right um, fertilizers and the right amounts, um, and you're getting what you pay for and they're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so just through, through the years of excess use, our county waters have received too much nitrogen and phosphorus. And um, it's just something we all have to um, uh, watch out for and keep up with. Pollution prevention is up to you. There, do I sound like a superhero? <laughs> Anyway, I'm just trying to give you some good um, tips. And so streets and I could go on and on. That's I've made little notes here. Uh, streets and storm drains are part of the drainage system, which protects developed areas from flooding. Um, everything that enters the streets and storm drains flows directly into our waterways um, without treatment, and this can cause pollution. So, and if you know, there's lots of good information. And um, so if, if you have any questions, I would uh, log on to um, www.pinellascounty.org slash environment. So I hope I have been informative today. So you're listening to Janae with Janae's Tropicals, located at 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. Deepening your faith. So many times we're not in position for our breakthrough because when we should be sitting and serving, we're searching. 
the blessings of God will chase you down. So you've got to be in position and say, you know what? I'm going to settle myself. I'm going to serve God. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. There is a devastating disease crippling children, disfiguring them, leaving their once beautiful faces marked with the unmistakable signs of leprosy. But you can help. American Leprosy Missions has the supplies desperately needed to treat these children. Call American Leprosy Missions right now. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword Stop Leprosy. You can also give online at StopLeprosyNow.com. From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now, here is America's number one syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas. For the very first time in his administration, the House and Senate have voted to override President Obama's veto. The measure allows families of terrorist victims to sue countries and foreign individuals tied to terrorist acts. The president and other members of his administration had argued that while they sympathize with the families of victims, the law would open up the United States to lawsuits by foreigners and foreign powers. Congress wasn't buying any of it. The vote in the Senate was 97 to 1, with only Harry Reid voting against it. A similar lopsided vote occurred in the House. Senator and Democratic vice presidential nominee Tim Kaine didn't show up to vote, and many are accusing him of doing so for political reasons. It's about time that families of terrorist victims got some relief. They sure have waited Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. 